0: Hi, this is Elaine James. The title of this message is called All for One and One for All. Fun family time with a purpose. So some of you may know that I have four children. Ranging now, adults from 29 to 20. Four of them, two boys, two girls. So over the years, I've compounded all these great little tips that I've done. So some of them are team building, some of them are parenting, some of them are object lessons, but they're all with the idea of fun primarily because I operate in fun and funniness. And so to get everyone to be motivated and peaceful and cooperating, I like to have fun. So these aren't in any specific order, but there are 13 of them. And the first one is called "Offer for One and One for All, the name of this this, uh, title of this message. So get a package of three musketeer bars and candy bars. One, two, attach a note to the candy stating your desire to build teamwork. Three, include the model all for one and one for all. Certainly that will pique their taste bud and interest. And it comes from Ephesians five twenty one. Be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. Okay, back up. Let me explain. So I had a son that quite often would kind of be strong-willed and kind of just fall away, and I couldn't own his heart, and I I couldn't get him to cooperate. So when those moments would come when he would just be resisting, I would write him a love note included in the candy bar in a Ziploc bag. And I'd say, you know, honey, I just love you for who you are. And I wouldn't include because you did this, this, and this. His personality really just that you're alive and that you're my son. And I just wanted to love on him. So I also explained when we all work together and we're the Jameses, like the Cubs and the White Sox or whatever your favorite team is, the Blackhawks, I just realized that they love sports and that he just this team building, we're all working in this together And like you're not going to devalue anything about him. You're just going to include him in this. We're going to work together as a team for the best for you and the best for me and value you and care for you. And this is a respectful atmosphere. So I just love the idea of just giving them a candy, peeking their taste buds and their interest, and then talking about in a healthy time, whatever was going on. But the most important thing is that they know that they're loved. Okay, two, the toothpaste game. Yay, okay. So the object is to teach you that you can't take back words once they're said. And it comes from James 3, 5, and the message, it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do just that. So, here's the thing. Go to the dollar store. For how many people are going to participate in your family, and you set aside some time, either after dinner or before dinner, you get toothpaste tubes. Five of them, whatever. Then, you set out paper plates in front of everyone. And then you say to them, okay, when I say go, you, whoever empties their toothpaste tube the fastest and empties it first, raises her hand and yells, I'm done. And then you stop the game. So you kind of laugh and you have, um, you have everyone and you yell go and you're racing and they're all laughing and they're having fun squirting it all out. It might get a little messy, but it just depends on the age of your children. But in the end, what you're trying to do is you're trying to say, okay, we're going to do something next. We're going to have a race. So you take their tubes of toothpaste and you say, okay, now I'm going to set a timer and you get the toothpaste back into the toothpaste tube. And they all look at you like you're crazy, like how am I going to do that? Well, obviously they can't. So you start explaining the object lesson that, you know, when we put words out there like you call your brother a jerk, you can never take those words back just like we can never take the words or the toothpaste, and put it back into the toothpaste tube. So that's the object lesson. Watch our words. Number three, go to the throne before the phone. Okay, so you got to know your kid's age. It comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray about everything. So we want to teach our kids to pray about everything, and you start the training pretty young. My grandson right now does echo prayers, so we we pray a few words, and then he repeats them. He's into repeating. He's Um, Two and a half. So we say, God, and dear God, and he'll say, dear God. So we're teaching to echo pray. But we also have a time where we sit down at some point in your journey with your kids, and you say, it's so important that we go to God first with our prayers. By running to people first, sometimes we're really anxious, and we don't settle ourselves down or calm, but we always want to give Things to God first, so we begin to explain that. You kind of get the gist of go to the throne before the phone. The throne being God's place that you're kind of visualizing where He's at up in heaven, and you're praying to Him, and you want to go to Him first before you go to anyone else. And you, it's a training that you want your kids to, to embrace. Number four, it's a sneer to compare. This is idea. It's not meant to to hurt someone. But help them understand we are all created differently, and we each can have our own plans for our lives. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. So we catch each other. We, We sat down at the table, and we had a meeting about, it's near to compare. And so what we agreed is that by, when we have conversations going on in the house, and they're comparing to someone else, and it's not beneficial help, helpful. The story is just creating gossip and other things of jealousy or envy or something, something along those lines. So a, a family member is allowed to call a family on, member on it, and you say, snare to compare. I hear you over there with mom talking, a snare to compare. So we kind of call each other. On it, but The agreement in our table time together is that we're not trying to hurt each other. We begin to laugh. We're like, oh, you're right, when you call someone on it. You're like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't be doing that. So the really important thing is that you're not trying to hurt someone. You're just trying to help them along in the journey in life. So you call it out. It's a snare compare and have fun with that. Okay, here's another one where we call things out. Number five is Philippians 4.8. Yell it out. Be careful, little eyes, what you see, what you hear, what you do. Does it line up with Philippians 4.8? So we have our table time, and the object is from Philippians 4, eight, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we talk about all those things, fix your thoughts on all those things, we go through them one at a time. If we have really young kids, we may not do that. But the thing is, is that depending on the age, what TV programs we stop on, what electronics games we choose to do, we may, may yell out, Philippians 4, 8, that TV program. And the idea, again, is to laugh and go, yeah, maybe this isn't that good of a TV program. And then you decide. Now, it really is their decision whether they're going to keep it on or not. But you could say, hey, Philippians 4, 8, that. Or I'll be cooking, and we have our TV in the in our, next to our kitchen, and I can hear the TV going, and I'll go, Philippians 4, 8, that program. And then they'll think about it. And we're, the idea is that we're trying to get them to change the channel and put something better on or do something more perfect, productive. So we would hear, I could hear my kids sometimes saying, Philippians 4, 8, that computer program. And they catch each other, and it was a game that we taught to have fun. Number six, the Popeye moments. If life is really getting someone down, ask them, did they eat their spinach today? And I have cans from Aldi's of Popeye spinach around, and I'll pop them out. And so I'll say, "You have a bad day? Did you eat your spinach?" And we laugh because we know that we sat down. And we said, "The meaning of this is God gives us strength for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength." Philippians four thirteen. And we talk about how Christ can give us strength and how when we pray in difficult situations, how He can help us through. But it really means. God and spinach both can give you strength for the day. And so when we see the spinach laying around, we'll say, are you having a Popeye moment? That means we need to have the strength of spinach and the strength of God. Now, if your kids don't want to eat spinach, that's not the point to it. What we're just trying to say is tell about the memory of Popeye, when he eats his spinach, how he got stronger, how the villain would come after him, and he'd be able to conquer him. And he'd be able to do amazing things. And it'd be an encouragement story. So you could tell a story about Popeye and how all of a sudden his muscles will grow after he eats his spinach. And it's the same with Christ. When we feed on the word of God and we get strong, we are able to do amazing things. And so we want to correlate the Popeye story with God's story and just be an object lesson and have those cans handy around. Okay, number seven, measuring stick. Here we go back to the dollaring store the dollar store and we buy rulers you know 12 inch I mean if you want to invest in yardsticks that's another thing that could be kind of fun but I got printed markers and I had them bring these home and in our table time we wrote down a verse Ephesians three eighteen, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is so are we all taking the time to sit down, slow down, quiet enough to grasp how ginormous God's love is for you? We may start out the, the whole lesson with, we're going to get some love verses. Do you think we can measure God's love? So if we took a ruler, could we measure how enormous it is? Could we measure mom and dad's love for you? Could you take a ruler and measure it? Well, you're going to discover No. But the ruler is a reminder with the Bible verse on it that we need to grasp how big that love is and think about it. It's ginormous. And so the measuring stick can be laying around with the verse on it to remind them of that great, huge, wide, high, deep love of Christ. Okay, number eight, umbrella. It's a good reminder to go to have our umbrellas. Okay, what I mean is you go to the dollar store and you buy some cheap $1 umbrellas. They're there. You may only want to buy one, but, or you can buy them for everyone, but I think one is enough. That's what I've always done. And so we're going to say we have storms in life. Describe what storms are. Look up names of Jesus in the Bible. Wonderful, Lamb of God, Light of the World. And before you start the lesson, Or you could do it with the family and put the names on there. Take a permanent marker and write the names on the umbrella. You could do it ahead of time and select the names, depending on the uh, age of your kids. Or you could um, sit down and look up names with them and have fun and then get to the object lessons. But here's the the thing that you're going to, the final message. It's a good reminder that an umbrella and Jesus are a lot alike. If you have them both with you, open and covering you, and they can protect you from storms. So you can tell your kids, imagine you every day, if you have yourself thinking about that you're covered by these names all the time. When we, leave, when we live a, a life that's moral and good, you could talk to your kids about that, we're being covered all the time. With this love of God and these wonderful names and you could talk about the titles. So you could really get a good optic lesson out of it. I came dancing into the room with my umbrella over the over my head singing a song. Mine already had the names on it. And I did a little skit. Like I said, Oh, I'm feeling down, but I'm feeling better because this is covering me. Or I'll talk about a life storm and then I can dramatically open the umbrella and say, but I have these to remember to cover me in this storm. You know, just think of creative ways of doing, getting that object lesson across. Number nine, group therapy. This is my favorite, one of my favorite. So, I, a lot of um, therapists and and counselors, spiritual leaders, recommend that we have time with the family, annual meetings or team meetings or, but let's call them something fun. Mine's called grouper therapy. Everyone sits in a circle. Anything you want to talk about is the topic of discussion, as long as it's wholesome, of course. The circle is a safe place. No topic is dumb. Examples. You are planning a vacation. Everyone gives their ideas, makes a list, start to do the pros and cons of each choice. No one is allowed to say that's dumb. You may want to talk about chores or switching them. You may want to plan a family outing. You know, fill out the calendar together for the month. You may want to talk about how you feel neglected and that has been bothering you. Pray before you start. Ask God to help all of you to open, have open, caring hearts towards each other. It comes from Romans 12, 16 in the New Living Translation. Live in harmony, harmony with each other. So we'll say, oh, we need a group of therapy. So if if something gets tense in the house, group therapy. And we know it's not, no eyes rolling or anything. It's going to be a safe place where we can have a fair discussion. And I sometimes do that one-on-one with my husband too. I'll say, oh, we need grouper therapy on this. We know it's going to be a safe place with no judging or harsh words. And just say, let's get through this. We're all a team and we can go back to the one for all and offer one for everyone and three musketeer and say, we need grouper therapy. We all need to have a talk about this and work it out. And it could be really... Fun times or more serious times? Okay, number 10, cleaning tip. This is the all-Madden plan. Okay, who's all-Madden is the retired football player who takes big whiteboards and circles plans or plays for football games. I realize this is a great way to say, we're doing an all-pad-and-pad, get together in the room. okay. And this is what we need to get done. We need the LGB. That's our plan. And I write it really big on the board. And I'm doing circles like All Madden. So if you don't know who All Madden is, talk to your husband or, or look up him on YouTube and you'll see that he's pretty crazy. And he writes plans and circles them and plays like as if he's a really good coach. And so the LGB is laundry, garbage, bathroom. We need to get them done. We need an LGB plan. Have your whiteboard ready and say, who's in the L, who's in the G, who's in the B? Okay, great, go. You know, if that's the time or that's going to be on Friday by 5 o'clock. The L is done, the G is done, the B. Okay, so set goals for cleaning tips to have a fun way to divvy up the chores. Okay, another cleaning tip, number 11. Keep it simple. Give them choices. But here's the thing where rooms are getting out of control, things are outdated, you're not wearing things. So do you want to take one child at a time and go in their room? And set a day aside, you decide in or therapy how you're going to go with the plans of cleaning out rooms. Or you can all do it together, but here's the plan. Get three things together when you've decided the day that you're going to tackle Bobby's room. Get three bags, three bins, three 30-gallon Green garbage bags. So one's a throwaway, one's a putaway, and one's a giveaway. So you put them all, you bring them in every room, and you make an agreement that when you leave there, the throwaway is the throwaway garbage. The putaway into somewhere else in the house is the putaway. And the giveaway is at the end of the day, you're going to goodwill and give it away, or any of those resale or whatever you give them to. But someone else better needs them than you, and you're done with them. And... You hold them items in your, set, your hand and you ask them, does this spark joy? And if it's not any longer and it's outdated, then really be honest and convince them that other kids or someone else may need it or just throw it away or give it away or whatever. So that's number 11. Know their personality. Okay, this has been life-changing. It started with my marriage where we just, my husband was trying to always make me be analytical and a deep thinker like him. And I was always, and that never works when you're trying to make someone be like, you does it? Do you guys think it works? No, it never does. So I um, have a fun approach to things, and I just don't have this deep analytical thinking. And he didn't understand that for long. And we took this little parenting um, personality class in, in marriage, and we learned four four things, that four different types of personalities, that our children can fall in, and we can kind of look at each one of our kids and quickly decide, let's do it my way. Their motto in life is always do it my way, bossy, brassy, strong-willed, okay? Then there's the let's do it the right way, the one that's analytical, that really divides things up and looks at them, the one that um, needs list and go off them, needs time, needs space, let's do it the right way, or... Yeah, let's do it is the bossy, brassy. Let me correct that. Let's do it my way is the bossy, brassy. Let's do it the right way or analytical. Let's do it the fun way. Okay, so we would approach things like the LGB or, or things in life that from fun, and if it's not fun anymore, you'll see these kids kind of just quit or stop or not really want to continue on, and you'll find that there a lot of their projects are uncompleted. So when kids are doing their work, let's do it my way, let's do it the right way, let's do it the fun way. Approach their projects that way, and let's do it the peaceful way. This is the person, my son is one of these, he would go, well, let's sit down. No, maybe let's lay down and I'll talk to you. Like They're really comfortable, and it's like, whatever you want, or I don't really know. And they're the peaceful. They just want peace. They don't really care or have a decisive decision. So these are the powerful, the perfect, the popular, fun, and the peaceful. Powerful, perfect, popular, and peaceful. Do And this comes from Romans 12.18. Do all that you can do to live in peace with everyone. Romans 12.18. So if you look at each kid and analyze them and you and your husband... You start to realize what are their needs and their motivation, what are their needs and the way they're going to think. And you you begin to realize they just aren't going to think analytically. My husband realized that he's like, wow, she doesn't think one, two, three. I'm just like kind of spontaneous and quick and fun. I like to be popular and liked. (laughs) So you just, I can give more suggestions in that if you need them. But this is taken from How You're Wired by Florence Littower. There's an excellent book out there that gives kids tests in her books and adult ones, and they're very easy to translate and understand. So I can't do the full teaching. I'd love to do that in a class, like just do the four personalities and really do a deep teaching. But I, I think if you get the gist of what each of your kids are, they're powerful perfect, popular, and peaceful you will learn to cooperate with each one of them how what's the best way to get them motivated powerfuls you know you have to give them choices and let them feel like they're in power the perfects well how can we get this done and really listen to their plan analytical plan the populars of course just approach it with fun, singing dancing whatever and the peacefuls they don't they don't really care but they can hibernate in their room so you just gotta. Just think of creative ways that they're alive and living and well and that you you want them to be part of something and just have a talk about it. Number 13, put a new Bible verse on a whiteboard or chalkboard. Make a wall, a chalkboard wall. Put a frame around it, a cute blank frame. Etsy and Pinterest have all these cute ideas. As they get older, give them a prize if they can write the verse and chapter. They can find it. So sometimes I'll put up scripture or i'll put up a saying and they could look it on google um a valuable saying like a dr seuss saying or something and then they could look it up and whoever whoever figures it out first it's i don't know 50 cents or a dollar whatever you decide to do i always do a dollar and i think it's a fun way to have them wanting to come home and look for things so the board will always be there and they they will look for what's next and keep them motivated Always think of creative ways to keep them motivated and wanting to be at home. So finally, pick and choose your battle in the end. Pick and choose the battles. So if you have a powerful kid, really pick and choose your battle. And know that in the end, love is all that really matters. Romans 12.10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. In the end, in a home to preserve the peace, we're doing a lot of praying before we come up with any of our fun, purposeful tips and games. We remember always we're a teamwork. We're a team. We're a team. We're the Jameses, just like and we explain it thoroughly to our kids. How are we gonna get from this discussion about going to the movies with friends? Is it time are we ready? We have pre-discussions about it, and we, the best way to do it is in grouper therapy or, yeah, that's the best place to do it. So we just decide, and we know what really matters at the heart of everything when we decide to do anything is that we're all for one and one for all and that we have to arrive at an answer, and it's not to hurt someone or make someone feel bad. It's just that we have to be a team, just like the other teams. They want to get out and play and so you have to give in sometimes, and sometimes you get to win your idea. And, but all we need is love, and that's all that really matters. Okay, from my heart to your heart, I thank you for this chance and opportunity to have you listen about family fun with a purpose. Have a great day. Till next time.